right, psychology nerds, and welcome back to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of your hosts of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, chair of the UW-Green Bay Psychology Program, Dr. Georgina Wilson-Dungess. How's it going, G? It is going fantastic. I know that our listeners can't see, but I have a background that is Sedona. I, um, nice. My husband and I went... Uh, to Sedona to hike. And although I should have trained, which I did <laughs> not, and I am an older and not so fit person, but I climbed a mountain nice. and it was glorious to like focus on the physical rather than the mental where I've been in my head for the last two years. It was so great to challenge myself physically. So um, although the listeners won't be able to see my fabulous Sedona background, except for in the pic, maybe on social right. media, uh, it was great. How about you, Ryan? <laughs> well, I am, I am not as well. Uh, I, am, I have not left. I definitely didn't go to Sedona. I haven't left the house in the last five days because I am in quarantine after, after uh, getting COVID. So um, I, I want listeners to know I've taken every precaution possible. I am vaxxed. I am boosted. I social distance. I wear a mask. Uh, kids go to school and, um, and they gave it to me. I also want people to know that even mild COVID sucks, um, but it could be a lot worse as we know. So I am thankful that I took all of those precautions. I am thankful that I got vaxxed and boosted and all those things. But um, it, it has been a bummer the last uh, the last few days. But I'm on the mend, and I'm even working today, which is uh, which is something. So yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, and I'm sorry that I was bragging about my fabulous uh, uh, vacation while you're like isolated in your house. But you know, you can look at my background while we're recording this and just feel like you're outside. No, I do, and I should I should be on. So I have I have actually I. I have a feeling doctors would discourage what I'm about to say, but I have kept my running streak alive during the, uh, the COVID thing. I'm so, so I guess proud of you. <laughs> I have left the house, uh, but only to go for runs because my treadmill also broke in the midst of all this. So six right. degrees outside the other day and I, uh, I went for a quick jog, but. Just tell our listeners how long your streak of running at least a mile every day has been. It is uh, 2,038 days or something like that. So about almost coming up on six years. So, which is, uh, I am super proud of it. I actually, <laughs> this is the nerdiest thing I've ever done, but I actually had it posted on, a, on, the, on the American Running Streak website recently. So it's, it's currently the 700th and something longest streak in the US, which I, I mean, that's listed on their website. So there's probably tons more, but yeah. So you go get it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Go get so, that record. <laughs> I think, I think the longest one on there is about 45 years, which is about as long as I've been alive. So I've got some work <laughs> to, to catch up, but Hey, we have an awesome guest that we have to get here. I'm super, super excited. We've been talking about having him on the show for a while and uh, I, I cannot wait to talk to him today. So um, he's an assistant professor of finance and head of the personal finance planning program at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. He is the founder and president of Concurrent Financial Planning LLC, a firm that helps uh, that helps households and business owners achieve life money balance. His current research surrounds personality traits and financial uncertainty. It's Dr. Preston Cherry. Preston, how are you? 
Man, I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me, Ryan and Georgina. I appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Uh, that is a cool background. And uh, what, Sedona? Is that how you say that? Yes. That is pretty cool. I just got back from uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, which was fantastic. And um, and I had a bout, a bout of COVID as well. Did you? Ugh. Yes, I, I did. While I was there, I actually extended my trip for a week because when you travel internationally, you can't get on a plane. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, wow. and it set me it set me back as uh, far as getting ready for the semester and business and all this. But uh, I, I was working as well during my mm-hmm. quarantine and I'm vaxxed and and all that, you know, boosted and wear a mask and so, so on and so forth. Yeah. And uh, I think that the, I think the narrative was like, if you got vaxxed and boosted, you were never going to get you're never going to get COVID, which is not <laughs> true. It was just it's just it's reducing everything, reducing the. Yeah you know, and everything like that. So I, I'm fortunate. I'm glad that I, I, I was, I had all those as well, but uh, yeah, it does. It does. It does suck. As you say, <laughs> <laughs> it is 10 times worse than a, than, than a cold, particularly that headache, that headache feels like yeah. it has a grip on the back of your head, but it's all, yep. it's all good. Yeah. No, but yes. Thank is... you for having me. I've been wanting to be on this show for a while. So I appreciate the conversation. Oh, thank you for being here. So I'm real, well, you know what? I'm gonna. Georgina said she's got a ton of questions to ask, and I want to make sure she gets to them. So, Georgina, let's hear it. All right. Well, I I, I was reading some of your research and really uh, interesting thoughts about the connection between finance and psychology, which maybe uh, um, our psychology friends who are listening are like, why the heck are they having some financial person on the the show? What does that have to do? with psychology. And so I would love to hear sort of like a, a general sort of link or connection. What's the connection? What's, what's your interest in psychology and maybe particularly personality uh, traits and mm-hmm. finance? Wow. Great question, Georgina. So, you know, we have this umbrella of financial psychology, you know, and everything's abbreviated now. So, <laughs> so FinSci. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, <laughs> which is a real thing. FinSci is huge, financial psychology, and you also have wow. uh, behavioral finance. So behavioral finance research has been around for quite some time, you know, and that really deals with the uh, investment behavior that we have, you know, huh. aversion loss, you know, uh, mental accounting, you know, how, and those are, those are not big words, but they are, but, you know, loss aversion, how we treat gains and losses differently. Mental accounting is okay. How do we put money in, in, in buckets? You know, how do we, how do we segment our money? How do we think about that differently? Uh, uh, inertia, not doing anything. It, it's so much information, you know, it's just, we got too much, too much water to the face. And then we just say, you know what? I just, my, I'm just going to do nothing. All right. I think there's a cartoon. What's the cartoon, you know, where the, the, the cartoon just, just stick, sticks their head in the ground? I think that's an old school cartoon, right? I mean, so <laughs> so we all have all these behaviors it's called BFI, right? Now they're on BFI 1 hour, uh, BFI 2.0, which really gets into the FinSci element. And when you have FinSci, the elements, you get, now you have BFI under that, along with financial therapy, okay? You have uh, uh, coaching, Okay, financial coaching, financial counseling, right? So people ask, okay, well, what is all that? And I just explain what BFI is. It's more of that investment behavior, right? And then also you have uh, coaching, which uh, coaches 
you need a coach for everything, kind of like ongoing, right? Whatever, whatever you, you life coach, gym coach, <laughs> what, what, whatever business coach, whatever it is, is like, hey, listen, you need that constant engagement, you know, mm-hmm. that you need that pump up moment, uh, somebody to listen in a sounding board, somebody objective. Uh, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, when you get your two feet on the ground, whatever that may be, uh, if you don't have that, that extra oomph, then you need somebody to carry that on. That's what that coaching is, right? And coaching you to the right spot. And then the counseling, you know, that, that could be something specific, you know, and the right, and something, uh, a topic or an area that you need counseling on, whether it be behavior or emotional or even technical. Okay. Maybe it's a, a spending plan. Maybe it's a, right. Uh, uh, a savings, spending and savings is sort of the same thing, but you know, you just frame it differently, but it's, it's what I need counseling on at that moment, credit counseling. That's why you hear that credit counseling, right? I'm going to yeah. specifically deal with credit counseling, or I'm going to get counseling from on uh, some sort of um, behavior. Then you have financial therapy, which thinks about, or deals with, okay, what are some of the elements that I have um, had in the past that I need to have a process on because we know now we're talking about we're we're, we're in, integrating disciplines right when you have financial and then therapy is a compound sentence there a compound phrase right when we talk about therapy it's like what do I need to work through in order to break through this barrier potentially of going forward and progressing and taking action all right so so your question about psychology right. Uh, yes, we can have the, and then we're talking about the technical aspects of fi- uh, financial education, financial literacy, financial capability. Those are the technical. Then, then emotionally, behaviorally, and thinking. How how do how does our psychology work with our our money and our financial ha- household in that aspect? Because really, when we start talking about our emotions, how we think, how we behave, and our value system. In our experiences with money, right? In our stories, that's psychology. I, I can't think of a better, actually, a uh, better definition of psychology and how it integrates uh, with, a, with another field. That is so true. And so I wonder, like, how did you personally get jazzed about making these links between psychology and finance? Well, you know, everyone has a story. Everyone has a story and everybody's waiting to be, and you know, you have these general terms, I know, because I was watching this show one time, say, why do you use so many cliches? And he said, because they work, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) right? So it, it, usually you can't say all or everybody, but generally people want to be, everybody wants to be heard. They do want to be, they're just waiting to be asked. And then in a right way to, to tell their story and really be listened to and then connected to, right? And these are all just mechanisms on how to engage with, with people so they can walk themselves into their own story, right? And this is what, to answer your question directly, this is what got me into connecting the two between money and me and my my. Uh, main discipline, and then connecting it with psychology and this fence, I think, is stories because of my own experiences with money, and then stories, and then hearing more stories, and then saying, oh, okay, wow, um, you have this whole discipline, you, these, these things have names, 
right? And my grandfather used to say, I used to talk with him sometimes. He, he's now passing, even my, my father and, and a couple other people. It's like when you talk, it's like, um, oh, wow, the, we've been doing that for 30 years. It, that, that thing just has a name now. <laughs> 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 that thing just has a name now, right? You know, you got all that school. Is that what you went to school for? We've been doing that a long time, right? But but that's what got me into it. It's like, wow, stories, experiences, right? Um, uh, so, socializing things in the home, bringing them forward. It's like, oh, okay, that's why I think the way I do. Those are maybe the, some of the setbacks that I have uh, experienced with my, or th- th- these are some of the triumphs that I've that I've had as well. You know, why is that? You know, wh- wh- what are my emotions playing? What are my behaviors? You know, how did that? How did I think? How did I act? Right, along coupled with maybe a a lack or an exposure to the information and then the access. Those are the technical sides. So I was like, oh, okay, we can combine that together. Yeah, as you, it's so interesting because as you were describing that, I started thinking about any number of sort of, I don't, I'll just use the word wellness initiatives people embark on, right? So like healthy eating or exercise or things like that. It's like, there's, there's always two sides of that. There's knowing the right thing to do. And then there's being able to do that right thing. And, and it sounds like you're in a very similar way. It's like, I mean, look, I can, I know to eat salad. I know to drink water. I know to do that stuff. That doesn't mean I do it in the moment. It just means I, I know I should. So how do we link those two to get me to do that? And, and it's something similar to what you're saying that it's what you like, okay, how to save, how to invest, things like that. There's a knowledge base there that I actually don't have, um, but, but there's a knowledge base there. And then there's also getting yourself to do that. How do you, how do you keep from in the, at the last minute saying, yeah, I'm just going to go to Target instead. Right. And, <laughs> and so it sounds like you're, you know, employing a very similar sort of uh, sense of wellness to this thing that is super, super important that we don't necessarily think about under the umbrella of wellness. Right. And then, you know, to your point, Ryan, you know, wellness and I, this, you always try to find something tweetable nowadays. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> everybody's like, can, can I get that into a reel? And can I get that into a, a, a tweet? And I'm like, so many things t- need so much more context. I'm like, there, there's a reason why books have pages. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> that's my get off my lawn moment for the day. But, <laughs> but, you know, wellness to your point has two C's, which is is comprehensiveness, you know, wellness is comprehensive. And then it lasts on a continuum uh, because we have to continue need. And I guess another C would be conditioning. I love alliteration. You know, it needs to be con- conditions and operates a continuum because it works through different life cycle, life cycle, different seasons, right? Um, and that's that wellness. And it's, it's multidimensional. So it is, and then, you know, how do we, how do we operate within that framework as human beings, you know, as far as advancing the human condition, you know, and then when we talk about financial wellness in my aspect is like, okay, how do we, uh, how do we accomplish that? You know, when I say comprehensive and, you know, on my website or my moniker, you talk about life, money, balance. That is, this is what exactly what that is. Money is not, the money does not operate in a vacuum. You know, it affects every, minute or moment of our life because it is a tool of how we operate every day you know so when i say life money balance the moniker is is let your life lead your money not your money lead your life so when we 
talk about this comprehensiveness, right, of wellness, particularly financial wellness, right? All right, how do we walk through, talk through, uh, define our life so then our money can then facilitate how that is? See, that's why it's comprehensive and it works through continuums because we, and then we need conditioning to continue to move that forward. And I think and then we need really a safe place. And then just to back that up, just avoid one more thing. We need a safe place in order to vocalize that. We need to mm -hmm. be able to, we need to have that vulnerability that first of all, we need that trusting environment. And then we need that, uh, that person or that place or that mechanism or that, you know, that place where we can express these things. So, and we need to be welcoming and belonging in those areas. So we can tell our stories and somebody to receive them in a manner that helps us inform what we want to do with whatever we're trying to achieve, like far as money is concerned or whatever the other vacuum is. I think when you were talking about the continuum, I was thinking about some of the things I was reading about um, like financial literacy contributing to happiness, mm -hmm. which is part of the wellness spectrum, not all of it, of course. And then there's the other side of it, which is, what I often think of whenever I think about talking about money, I think about stress. Like for, for me, like it's kind of the two ends of that continuum that, that people attribute money and finances to either happiness or stress. Um, it, do you think, do you find that that's true in the stories that you hear about people's finances? Well, yes. I mean, uh, it, uh, money does, and just like life, right? There's uh, uncertainty and and life is certain. I mean, it's going to happen. So how do we smooth those uncertainties out? Uh, you know, how, how do we help smooth those out and bring a level of confidence to those, those periods of time, right? Uh, both internally and externally. And so Yes, you know, we do have anxieties and money and st statistically and, and research wise, yes, bring a lot of anxiety and, and worry, you know, guilt, shame, regret, a whole bunch, you know, people wait too late, you know, this or, uh, you know, wasted some money. I know I did. Oh, I did some math on some money that I wasted. Oh, gosh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to know. I tell you, I wish I had half that 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 those that money back. But anyway, you know. So yes, but uh, also too, there's a there's a uh, kind of like a myth out there that says, okay, well, money can't buy happiness, or you know, you're uh, mm -hmm. you also heard you you also heard that um, you know, money it's self worth is not your net worth, or net worth is not your uh, your self worth is not your net worth, right? Which is actually true. Uh, well, you know, that has depth to it. You know, you, you're really not supposed to say, okay, my value or my existence here on earth is about the dollar. Okay. You know, far as your self-worth and self-value. So net worth is not self-worth only, but does net worth help you be happier? You know, some people say they're not correlated. Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> Net worth does give you access to advance, access to advance your human condition. It absolutely does. And somebody also said one time, is like, well, 
I can see that if you're poor. No, like no, it's, it's the same thing if you're well off, middle class, well off, wherever you are in a social economic status, net worth does provide you more access to advance your human condition. And they're absolutely correlated. You know, and if you had a choice to buy certain accesses to things, like somebody said, you know, people forget that time does cost money, you know, or experiences cost money. It's the experiences that you spend with your family. It's that it's time is everything. Nobody said at the end of the day that they wish they were to made more money. They, they said about experiences. These are the things you will hear. You know, these are the echo chamber statements that you'll hear. All right. Yes. But how do you spend, uh, this is a rhetorical question. I was at, how do you spend more time and experiences with your family? More money, <laughs> more <laughs> network. I mean, you have to have more, you know, or unless you're just going to do a scot-free. Right. So, so yes. Yeah, so those are two separate things. You know, self-worth is not supposed to be your net worth as far as your human existence, but net worth and money does contribute to your overall well-being. Yes. Two separate things. Yeah, I think I, I think the research this is actually something I should have you come to come to my psych of emotion class at some point. We can talk about this more. This is a thing we talk about in, in psych of emotion is, is the research out there on, you know, happiness and, and financial success. And it's actually really fascinating. I think collectively, I think you're right. We've sort of dumbed down that story, the research story into money can't buy happiness. But there's a lot of really interesting research out there about how it can, depending on how you spend that money. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, there's a great TED talk out there that says, if you think money can't buy, if you think money can't buy happiness, you're spending it wrong. And uh, <laughs> which, is, which is clever. Um, but yeah. and that person's focus is on charity specifically, but there's other ways too, that we know that, that spending your money and like you said, experiences uh, is, is really relevant. So Right. I mean, the research term would be, you know, it contributes to higher levels of or probabilities of well-being. Right. You know, if you were to say it somewhere like that. But like you said, Ryan, the way it's being dumbed down and saying uh, money can't buy happiness. And people are just jumping on that bandwagon and have said that for years. And Mm -hmm. where's the context in that? And there it goes. I have it. That's why I take issue with, you know, tweetable and. You know, they, they, but that was those were written in news articles for many years. You know, money can't buy happiness. It was a long article about that. No, it does increase your probabilities for overall well-being because, again, how do you uh, allocate those dollars mm-hmm. into uh, human capital development, access, uh, and and how you do you buy more time? Are you buying more experiences? This, that, and the other. Absolutely. Right. And I think it's also related, or at least from my limited knowledge, that it's not necessarily the amount of money, but your agency in being able to manage your money, like and like sound money management is actually um, gives you a, a sense of competency and agency that might actually lead to happiness in a different way. Would you agree with that? I'd, I'd agree with that as well. Uh, yes. I mean, the, the magnitude of the, you know, the, like I said, the amount of the dollars that you earn doesn't necessarily have to do that, but because uh, uh, you, 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 you can trade that for, for time. Yes. you like to earn more income so you can put and uh, in, in spend more, or not necessarily spend more, but allocate more dollars to more goal areas. You know, that, that may be 
have more discretionary income and then also your other goals as well which is save here invest here you know this that and the other uh however if you have a certain level of contentedness and fulfillment because these levels are immeasurable because they're unique to each person they say listen you know i'm i'm good with this level of you know annual income all right Mm -hmm. And if I'm good with that and I have that level of fulfillment, like you said, uh, Georgina, and I say, you know, I have sound money management that I allow my time or my my money to uh, compound with time. And then I'm also allocating my dollars to those areas that give me fulfillment with where I am because I have a level of contentedness. Then the amount of dollars, no, don't matter. But when you have those other ingredients, then yes, then you're good. Mm hmm. Yep, absolutely. I would love to ask a question about um, risk and risky behaviors as it relates to um, personality traits. Could you talk a a little bit about that? Because I think that would be really interesting for our psychology friend listeners. (laughs) Right. Well, um, I'm doing some studies. I've done some studies on, uh, you know, personality traits and, uh, you know, uncertainty risk in areas like uh, you know, longevity risk. And, you know, I've, I've used these, uh, I've used these uh, measurements for, for these areas. So for, for example, annuity ownership or life insurance ownership for unexpected death or long-term care for unexpected health. And it just happened to be in, just because of the, uh, the data that I used, it was, it happened to be older Americans, but um but it's, it's, these are the, the the research wasn't to say okay we're going to use this data to do personality traits and see how they uh, associate and see how we can get people to buy more you know things. What we are saying is like okay, if these are uncertain, um, how do different personality traits uh, associate with these different areas of you know uncertain risk areas? And if they if these are goals that they vocalize themselves through their stories and it's part of their goal set, yet they are not engaging in uh, in actualizing uh, the, or or shoring up the risk. And, you know, amongst the many other factors that could be, is personality one of them? How can we, you know, connect and communicate in a manner to uh, connect with them and communicate and maybe even convince, which is a euphemism for nudge them in a manner to do what they want to do anyway? You know, if they know that they have, you know, they have a history of, you know, health, the elder, uh, you know, uh, you know, not uh, health care and later in life and they want and that's something or they don't have a, uh, a risk of that. They just that's just important to them. Long term care. OK, what's keeping them from addressing that life and, you know, uh, unexpected death. Yeah, obviously, the research shows a lot of it. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about death, simply just don't want to talk about it. And I'm like. I, t- I share with people all the time. I'm like, there's not too many certainties in life, but you know what? Uh, that dying thing. Yep. Yeah, that, that, yeah. We're going to, we're going to do that. <laughs> that is a given. Right. So, and then also with, with longevity. So with the, with the ocean traits, and I get to it, which is, you know, you have what they call ocean traits. You have openness, uh, you have uh, conscientiousness, you know, uh, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And each one of them have their own uh, words to a word bank to explain each one of them. And it's a word-based theory. Anyway, 
uh, conscientiousness people, people that have, you know, these adjectives that have deliberate thinking, you know, discipline, awareness of themselves, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I see that. I'm one of those. Right. I'm one of those. <laughs> Uh, by the way. <laughs> right. All these all these words, you know, uh, competence, you know, order, you know, all of these. Right. Uh, they tend to they tend to jive or associate with some of the characteristics of uh, risk aversion. How you would explain with I have self-discipline to engage into a plan, pay, you know, premiums, uh, deliberation. Right. I, I want to deliberate. I want to think that through. I have maybe the competence to think that through. Uh, achievement, you know, go, uh, setting goals. All right. So it's like, okay, I had this uncertainty. There's risk aversion. All those adjectives match up because it's like playing a game of match, right? <laughs> some, some of the audience is going to understand it. So you laugh, you know, but the other audience is like, what the heck is match? You know, I'm like, please go to your, go, your toy store aisle, pick up a game of memory. I think it is, it's memory, right? With the game of the, the cards, yeah. the memory. Da, da, da. And, uh, but those associate with that. But some of the other characteristics are other personality traits. There's either, there's either no evidence of that or there's a negative association with it. like neuroticism. There's a lot of self-doubt, um, uh, uh, risk, a risk taking type of behaviors, um, uh, self-destruction, uh, negative worth of oneself and this, that and the other. So in those areas, when you're talking about these you know, protection areas, somebody may not want to protect themselves and this, that and the other. So those are those kind of unique areas that uh, you know, the researchers so far as personality traits, and they've, they've been investigated uh, in other areas too, far as finances are concerned, far as spending habits and all this and all that. So all it does is just give us more information. The key is having more information from the people that we're talking to, and this goes with psychology all the way, all, all day long, is how do you ask people, how do you listen to people, how do you ask people for them to talk, share in a trusting environment so we have more information that informs, so we can listen as professionals to inform where they want to go and help them get where they want to go on their own. There you go. That's it. All right. Let's um let's drop a, a tip or two for listeners as we as we wrap up here and move into our, our game of three questions. But so before we get to that though, I want to know. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are sort of 20-somethings, relatively recent college graduates who um, have, you know, first first big jobs, that sort of thing. What are some suggestions that you might provide them when it comes to money management, life money? Yes. Uh, automation helps. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, if, if, if you can't see it, you know. Uh, you know, you want that to automatically, like, what, what is it, right? You get some money into your bank account, what, it, what you're from your job, from your parents, whatever that comes from, and pay yourself automatically. So, you know, whether it be a credit union, particularly in college, it's the best banking relationship you ever have because <laughs> they're not trying to charge you to death. Right. right. So so you can have two accounts at once. You don't have the minimums and all of other stuff. You can have an app. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a brick and mortar relationship with the bank. You can have the, all these apps now with 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 banks, you know, systems. And now we're getting into a whole, you know, blockchain. All that stuff. That's all another topic. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing about it is, is that when you do have money, even if it's fifty dollars, 
five bucks, you know, go ahead and automate that, you know, and have it go to a savings account. So automation is one. Um, Very good. Uh, another another one is to review is 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 review what uh, your habits are right uh, just print out the statement look at it or scroll through your phone and maybe people know you know young folks are not printing anymore go go through but I, I'd like for you to print it out you know people forget the power of pen and paper highlighter okay spend some time meditate on that give you give you some give you some time 15 minutes 20 minutes. You know, because scrolling may not, you may not be able to notate anything. You know, it's, there's a power in having a highlighter and a pen and having a piece of paper in front of you and saying, highlighting that line item and saying, ah, all right, now you get to sit. So review, meditate. And then also when you see a line item that you're, you're unsure of, you know, young, young people, um, and even just people in general, ask yourself how you felt about that if, if you're uncomfortable about that line item. Try to replay the tape. Somebody told me one time, replay the tape, right? So then did it align with the goals? So write down, right? That's another thing. Discover your, your goals near term. So even if it's you're in the middle of the semester or something like that or whatever, and you, spring break or summer or something, you say, listen, I want to have $400 or $300 in my, in my pocket so I can enjoy myself wherever I want to go. Okay, that's a goal, right? Or I want to buy a shirt for a student association or something. Goals don't have to be humongous, mm-hmm. all right? So if you are reviewing what you're, what you're spending and then it's out of touch with what you, what you want to do, then you get to adjust that. So automate, review, meditate on that, then adjust. Those are some, those are some things. And also too, if okay. I say this last thing, um, Invest would be another one. Uh, if you have uh, extra, if you, you know, 10 bucks, 25 bucks, that also savings and investing are two different things. So even if you have $50, you can save 25, but you can also invest 25 in a, in a in a low, very low expense, low cost index fund. You're going to open up account right on your app. People are like, oh, that's too much. You, you, young <laughs> folks, man, they do things quick. Real quick, T- teenagers, they're doing stuff now. They're all over the crypto. They're all over the, I think they, they do, they do so much so fast. I tell my niece, she's 13, you know, I'm trying to get the little circles on Instagram. They look so cool. Like, how do you get the little circles on your profile? He's like, Uncle Preston, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, and she, and she, he's, she's like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, wow. You know, it's, she's like, this is not hard. And she's just like, here you go. Get out of my face. You know, and it's like, so at the same time, but that, opening up an investment account is easy as that as well. 25 bucks with an index fund, you know, that you can do that too. So these are some tips that way it gets you comfortable with right. investing over time. And so those are a couple of things. Those are good. Those are very good. I got to tell you when I, when I was a kid, I got a job at a video store and I realized when I started working there that I could go look up my own account and see how much money I'd spent at the video store prior to, and um, cause I was in high school or something like that. And it was the most, once I saw the total amount of money I had spent at this place prior to them hiring me, it was the most jaw droppingly horrifying moment where I was like, oh my God, like I, I could have paid for a year of college, I think, if, <laughs> instead of renting all these terrible movies. Did I really need to see Breaking 2? 
Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Breaking Two was, and I will say this: Breaking Two was a good movie, by the way. But I, it for <laughs> yeah, sure. no, I picked a bad. Yeah, one. but I will one. say too. I will say too. Also, have a relationship. Have a good relationship with spending. Um, that's why we call them spending plans and not savings plans. Some of them you call them savings plans now, but it's spending plans because it shows them what you can do rather than what you can't do. Um, there's nothing wrong with spending. It's it's the unhealthy, you know, uh, spending, not having a goals in mind. But if you're taking care of what you need to take care of and all that, um, there's this negative connotation on spending to where don't do it. Because what that does is it uh, facilitates bad relationships with spending, particularly when you do have the money and the means. And that carries on. Uh, there's plenty of research on this. People hoarding money, uh, mm -hmm. having a uh, a uh, what do you call it? What's the opposite of abundance is escaping me now. Um, scarcity. <laughs> scarcity mindset. Thank you very much. Scarcity mindset and having this, you know. And so there's nothing wrong with, with with spending. It's how you do it, how you allocate your dollars, which matters. I just want to just want to touch no, that's on that. Good. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my my wife and I were just recently joking about how I, I have the opposite of buyer's remorse. And this is a good thing. Like I have we call it buyer's delight that I, <laughs> I, I stress about purchases. But then once we make them, I'm thrilled. Like I can't I'm ecstatic. It's like. Like I'll stress about things. And then once I say, yeah, let's do it. Then from that point on, I'm like, yes, this is the best decision I've ever made. I'm so glad I did that. So, yeah, which is way better than buyer's remorse. But absolutely. Let's, absolutely. Uh, let's uh so we 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 play a game that we uh we're calling three questions. Where it's not really I have, a game. It's, I like this. It's not a game. I, like this. I just ask you three questions. It's uh, it's not a complicated game. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But they are uh, drawn relatively at random here from a, a list of questions. By the way, these are questions that HR once sent me to ask me because they wanted to profile me for some, uh, like for their, their blog, whatever they did. And so yeah. I just saved them because I thought a lot of them were interesting. But this was a good 10 years ago. That, and so yeah, nice. Credit nice. to HR for, uh, okay. for yeah. providing me with questions. Yeah, um, usually they're not that good at too much, but they, that, that, that's, that's good. They got a good question bank. That's good. Yeah, that is good. HR is like the principal's office sometimes. You know, you get called and it's like, what? why am I here? Yeah. Why, why did I get? Yeah, normally I, I'm not excited about emails from HR, but this one was great. So, um, all right. So, uh, starting with number one, what is your favorite travel spot? Wow. Okay. So, right now, it's it's where family is, uh, it, and I'm in Green Bay. This is home now, and I uh, my favorite travel spot right now at this very moment would be to go see my grandmother because I haven't seen her in a very while, which is Kansas City, where I was born. Okay. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention now I'm a global citizen, which I'm thankful for. And I just got back from Saudi Arabia, and that's where my fiance is right now. And we've been apart for almost going a year. I've traveled uh, there twice and I can't wait for her to get here to Green Bay and we're, we start our life. We're going to get married here in a couple of months. So uh, um, my uh, my favorite spot is seeing my grandmother. Uh, my niece is in Houston where my hometown has been for a while and Saudi Arabia where my fiance is. Jeddah to be specific. Yay. Cool. Well, congratulations in advance for the wonderful event. Thank yeah, you. No kidding. Congrats. That's very exciting. Uh, would you describe yourself as messy or organized? Uh, organized. Uh, however, I can get messy because uh, the, uh, the more disorganized my schedule gets, the more disorganized my my uh, cleanliness gets. Nice. So 
So, yeah. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm very organized. And I, I think cleanliness or organization is a way to the spirit. Sometimes I have to stop what I do. If I get too or- disorganized, I have to stop w- what I'm doing and clean house, baseboard yep. clean and all that type of stuff. So at my core, I would love to be clean all the time, but life just doesn't work that way. Sometimes. I, I couldn't agree more. Oh, I'm clean, yeah. you know, because I got to keep my breath and, you know, you know, <laughs> wipe, you know, I wipe myself and all that type of stuff. But sometimes organization, sometimes. But organization yeah. sometimes is hard. But once you get disorganized, I have me myself, I have to stop because my spirit is not aligned. Yeah. I will tell you when I'm feeling overwhelmed at work, one of the things I do to deal with that is stop and, and organize my space around me. Like I I'll, have I'll, to. Yep. I'll clean up my desk. I'll file some papers, whatever it takes to just sort of get my, my surroundings. Yeah, I agree. This one didn't come from uh, HR. This one came from Georgina this morning. So uh, if you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island, but all your human needs, such as food and water, were taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? Mm, Not not people, just stuff. You can have all your friends and family, whatever, but but stuff. Okay. Um, And and I'm one of the same because I've studied both is the Bible and the Quran. I, I could read either one of those or a combination of those books in perpetuity because they have everything in them. You can you can eradicate all self-help guidance, you know, <laughs> all this and multiple things. You know, you know, no matter what your faith is, you know, my, my, you know, I, I practice both. And uh, right now, because, you know, my I, I've I, I practice uh, Islam right now. But in those two books, you can get everything you need in life. Trust me, health, financial, marital, <laughs> everything, friendship, uh, just stories, just stories. You know, it's like, oh, man, you're partying on the Red Sea. I'd like to watch a movie on that one day. You know, <laughs> you, you can actually be entertained. So uh, so that uh, just just those books are one and the same. So find you All a right. spiritual book or something like that. Whichever one you want to choose, take that one. So, yes, I take that. Outstanding. Um, and the second one would be. Uh, some sort of musical album. Okay. All right. Uh, and right now that'd probably be songs in the key of life, Stevie wonder. All right. That nice. is a, a fine choice. Maybe you would be allowed to take your whole collection. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote the question, Georgina. It's up to you. I do. So. Since I wrote the question, <laughs> right. I will allow your whole collection to go with you. <laughs> right, right. The whole collection. Yeah. So those those two things. I figured that I could make a toothbrush or something on the island. You know. Something yeah. Like that, but but those two things right there, I could keep my t- I could keep myself entertained with those two things, and and spiritually balanced you know, with some purpose, right? The why and all that type of stuff, meditate and all of that. With those two things, I'm rocking and rolling. Love it. Hey, where can people find out more about you? Um, you got a, you've got a website. I know they can go to Concurrent, but tell people how to, how to learn more about you. Yes. Uh, concurrentfp.com is the, is the practice for as financial planning. Of course, I'm at UWGB, go Phoenix, you know, so you can find me there. The Center for Financial Planning is going to be launching soon at the, at the college. And then uh, at Drs. Dr. So at Dr. Preston Cherry at all the social media spots, IG, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Outstanding. That is excellent. Hey, thank you so much for being here. This has been really, really great. Um, 
let's see. You can uh, people can find out more about Georgina and I at Psych and Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, that is a good place to ask questions about the show, request topics for episodes, or can uh, yeah things like that. Um, Georgina, where can they find you? They can find me at Georgina WD, so G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D. All right. On where? Twitter and Instagram, right? And Facebook. And, and if Facebook. you want to kick it old school, you can <laughs> find me on Facebook still. Because I'm a grandma, you know. Wow. <laughs> All right. I am at Anger Professor and I'm in all of the places you can come find me there. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. The executive producer is Ryan Martin and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick and our graphic designer is Kimberly Wheats. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Preston Cherry. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Benges. Keep being amazing.